Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me, as always, is Mike. How are you doing, Mike? I have a prepared statement. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's my paper to prove it. Yeah. Oh. I have a prepared statement. <clears throat> I, Mike of the Conquer Draft Podcast, uh, hereby completely disagree and object to the comments made by Josh of Conquer Draft Podcast last week that I am the master of none of my fields. It was insulting and egregious. I demand retribution. That's my statement. Okay. Well, if you can stumble your way back to the fantasy football championships next season, you can take a swing at retribution. What you think that's all I have. I have one thing and it's fantasy football. Well, that's aside from this podcast and our fantasy football league, our overlaps are not much farther. I can, I can beat you in a game of poker if you want. You know, <laughs> I gotta, this is where let me, let me tell you, let me tell you about, let me tell you about poker. I have never, I think maybe one time have I been eliminated from poker because of you. Maybe one time. Usually, in any instance where you and I are together playing poker, there's other factors and other individuals who cause me problems. Like a certain someone who calls me a crazy name all the time. <laughs> and it completely throws me off and I can't like concentrate because he's just like Schmidt, Schmitty, Schmitty. Um, so listen, uh, that's a completely different egregious thing. Why, why do I only have things that are connected to you? You don't think like, you know, I'm a well-rounded person. You telling me right now, you couldn't think if someone was like, Hey, what's one thing Mike is good at? You couldn't come up with one thing. Oh no, I could come up with tons of things that you're good at. It's just, if you're looking for, retribution i just don't see where the the overlap is like that that would be applicable you know i've got some thoughts i know there are things that you are good at that i am not and so like unless you're just gonna like challenge me to something you're strong at and i'm just gonna go embarrass (laughs) myself like that's exactly what i'm gonna do Uh, okay all right (laughs) that's exactly what i'm gonna do yeah (laughs) wonderful okay well i'm glad you got your prepared statement out of the way it's not the only uh, sort of prepared statement that we're going to have to make today because we did have some fan write in and one person is, is actually correcting something that was said on this podcast last week. We have a correction to make. Okay, let's hear it. And guess what? It's me who was wrong. Shocking. Uh, well, I'm just... <laughs> wow. After all that, you just came back swinging. I don't know how today is going to go because I'm refusing to speak to you directly from this point forward. Uh, This uh, fan email comes from Ricky. Uh, Ricky says, uh, just a point of clarification uh, that Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. Nipples, I added the nipples, um, is no longer dating Blue of Earth. That relationship has actually been over for several months. So I would like to, uh, I'll, I'll officially make my correction. Okay, I apologize to Blue of Earth and I suppose Nipples. I uh, didn't realize that relationship was over. 
that nipples and blue of earth are no longer together. I make my official apology and uh, blue of earth. Uh, give me a call. <laughs> Mike at conqueryourdraft.com. <laughs> well, blue I was going to ask, uh, I was going to ask if that uh, news improved your view of nipples or not, but I guess it just improved your view of blue of earth. It's very difficult to address said comment because I can't speak to you directly. Um, I will just say to the universe, uh, yeah, you know, blue of earth, uh, give me a call. That's all I got to say. Okay. Yeah. We're five minutes into this podcast and it's just off the rails already. I, I wasn't the one who spat in my face. That's not what happened. I didn't, I didn't open the palm and full-on slap me in the face. That's not what happened. I didn't do that to you. I prepared my statement. I made it. And when I was at the most vulnerable, you smacked again. Just kicking a guy when he's down. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. <laughs> well, Ricky, thank you for writing in and uh, putting us onto this segue. Uh, we have a second fan write-in. Do we want that now? <laughs> To get us back on track. Sure, why not? Uh, so this one comes from Marty. Um, and Marty wants to know, uh, considering the changes they've made to the Pro Bowl this year, and you guys were talking last week on whether or not you were going to watch it, I guess my real question is, did either of you ever really care about the Pro Bowl before this year? Before the changes, did you ever find yourself really watching the Pro Bowl? I can say that I'm a huge football fan, and I still tune in, but I'm definitely less interested. It's more something to have on in the background while I'm waiting for the Super Bowl. But what are your thoughts on the Pro Bowl in general, even before this year? Uh, I, I think the Pro Bowl, in theory, is a great idea because... In theory, you've got the best of the best in the NFL right now going head to head. Um, but the reality of it is, is that more often than not, these elite talents who get voted into the Pro Bowl, a lot of them end up being on one of the two teams that are going to the Super Bowl. And we've seen that they're not going to go and risk their team's chance at, at winning to go and play in this Pro Bowl, right? So you kind of have a diluted effect there because you have these players sitting out or going and not really doing anything. Um, but then you also have a lot of guys who should be there who either got snubbed or because of injuries or what have you, uh, they don't end up playing there. And not and I'm not trying to take anything away from the players who actually do go there and play. because like, I mean, anyone really who's in the NFL is above and beyond the average uh person in terms of athleticism and skill uh, but I just think it's a great idea that unfortunately because it happens before the Super Bowl it's just never going to pan out um, maybe if it was something that occurred after the Super Bowl then it might be like these play anybody would be willing to go and do it and actually give it a shot but then again there's a lot of players who probably don't want to risk either their careers or contracts or next season by taking a injury in a game that ultimately means nothing. So I, I haven't watched the Pro Bowl personally in a few years, uh, especially when they've been kind of going through this change period of like two hand touch and now flag football. I was considering 
watching it uh, this year, but then I ended up actually uh, I ended up working while it was on, anyways. So it just never never panned out. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mike? Um, I would have preferred you didn't just segue to me because now I have to answer you. Um, I would have well, just, just answer answer Marty. Answer okay, Marty's okay. Question. So so Marty, the thing that's tough for me is is I know that this isn't for the television audience. Like it's it's a sponsorship event and it's more for like the city that it's hosted in and kids come down and probably really enjoy it like it's not really it's so different i would imagine in person but i just know it's so important to the sponsorship because it's part of the perks you get for spending all the money that you do to sponsor like all like pro bowl all-star games like it's all sponsor generated things so i i I understand so much why it's so important because of my own background that Josh refuses to uh, to give any credence to, but anyway, we'll just move on from that. Um, you have to honor your sponsors and you have to give them these kinds of events and it's for them, not really for the television audience. So I'm kind of in the same boat if I haven't watched it in a, a couple years, even though I know it's a cool idea, it's important, get all the stars together, but I just always find all-star games and Pro Bowls, they're so disappointing because no one really wants to put in a full effort because they don't want to hurt themselves. And I did tune in a a little bit this year just to see some of the the changes. Um, And I I was just, some of the skills things they were doing, I'm like, yeah, that's like, I understand why you do that in practice, but I don't really want to watch practice. I don't really want to watch an obstacle course that the guys have to run through. Like to me, that's not football and that doesn't really have much to do with football. So it is hard, I think, to watch, but you have to remember, I don't think it's for a television audience, even though they, they obviously broadcast it. I don't think it's it we're really the target. I think they want to get younger generations really interested in the game and grow the game that way. And I think that they want to, you know, honor their sponsors. And I don't know if you've ever tuned in, Marty or Josh, to a Nickelodeon game this uh, year. I actually haven't, no. Okay, I have. And it was really weird. But it's for the kids. Like it's not, it's not for me. It's like, I don't have to engage with it. It's the weirdest football experience I've ever had in my entire life. They just kept sliming people um, for pretty much no reason. And so it, but I'm, I'm reminding myself that like maybe kids are getting engaged in football because of this. So maybe I'm not the target. It's not for me. So I don't have to like it. Yeah. I think the idea behind that is to try to reel in like, a young audience and you'll keep like developing a new generation that enjoys watching football. Um, I, I actually, I don't even know if I've ever even seen like the Nickelodeon broadcast, like when I've been flipping through trying to find games. Um, it's so weird. Yeah. I've gotten that impression from, cause like every now and then the like sports center or one of the other, uh, sports shows will uh, will kind of show highlights from it, and people are just getting slimed on, and without any context, it's just very, very hard to follow and kind of strange. But uh, yeah, Marty, that's uh, that's where we're at for for the Pro Bowl. I don't know, like I I definitely understand where you're coming from. It's just kind of background noise while you wait for the Super Bowl because we need something to do during that week. I get it. Like I would understand if you're a big fan why throwing on the background's appealing. Oh, absolutely. I I can understand that. Um, But thank you to Marty and Ricky for your 
Well, Ricky didn't really ask a question. I was about to say fan questions. That's more of a fan comment. Uh, one comment, one question, one correction. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate that. Um, people should head to conqueryourdraft.com if they want to ask questions or correct us. Um, you can fill out a form right on our podcast page. You can email us. You can get connected, but go to the website to do that because we, we appreciate that. It, that's what makes it kind of fun. Interacting yeah, absolutely. with you, Ricky and Marty. And if you're new to our podcast, we're glad you found us. Absolutely. That way it's not just me talking to Mike and Mike talking to the universe. Yeah, because I refuse to talk uh, to you. So um, yeah. we need fans now. This podcast <laughs> won't survive without you. I need someone to talk to. Now, now, for the record, I did say there are many things that you are very good at. Yes, you did. And then and then not a minute later, you slapped me in the face. That's like walking up and be like, oh, here's ten dollars and then punching me. <laughs> it's like, yes, you gave me ten dollars. I'm not disagreeing with that. You also still hit me. And like I'm on the ground crying like it's still the same thing. Like you you had an opportunity and you took it. You could have let it go. You could have just let it go. But you're like, no, I'm going to jump on this. <laughs> this seems like a good time. <laughs> you know what? Blue just, of Earth, just, give me a call. Just be happy you got $10. I don't know what to tell you, okay? You know what? Speaking of Blue of Earth, her mm. her ex-boyfriend, ex, Aaron, exactly. Aaron, Aaron Rogers, AKA Nipples, Nipples, nipples uh, in the news again. Um, yeah, since, since you're such a big fan of the news, Mike, do, do you want to lead this one? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, was answering questions about, you know, what he what he wants to you know, do next year. Is he going to play? Is he not going to? Where he thinks he could end up? I mean, the Packers kind of control that, but still, he's he's going to have a say. Um, and uh, he's decided he's going on a, I believe it's a four day uh, darkness retreat where he's going to sit in the dark for four days to. I don't know, reflect or think, or I don't know what you do, but that's his next step. That's where he'll be over the next uh, couple of days. I don't know if he's leaving now. I don't know if we have a time frame on that. Uh, maybe he's, I don't think he'd miss the Super Bowl. Maybe he will, uh, but he's going into the woods, I guess, for a darkness retreat for four days. Yeah. Now I did read that he has the option of tapping out whatever he wants. So we'll in a darkness actually... retreat. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course he does. You don't actually think that this is like, like real. <laughs> like, I mean, it's real, but like, it's not real. <laughs> like, it's not. He's gonna like. What's a darkness retreat to someone like Aaron Rodgers, who like lives a lifestyle of a rich person? What does that really look like? You just sit in the dark for four hours and some. In in probably right where like in a in a high end hotel with a stocked fridge. Like he's got to eat and drink. You're not gonna fast for four days. No, what I had read was basically like there's one door and there's a slot in the door and basically f like food and substance comes through the door and is given to you and there's no human contact. So he's so voluntarily like, locking himself in prison for four days. Pretty much. Yeah. What a weirdo. Uh, now he's <laughs> prison nipples. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have two questions. One, would you ever do something like that and two how much money would someone have to pay you to be locked in a room with nipples for four days in the dark okay um so number one i actually have done something kind of like that oh yeah 
Yeah, not not to that extent. I I took a weekend uh, many years ago. This was this was uh, just before the pandemic. Actually, I took a weekend and I went to a, you know what a yurt is. I don't. Okay, so a yurt is this. It's kind of like a, a Airbnb for camping. So they okay. set up this like little. They call it a yurt, but it basically looks like a little hut that has everything you would need if you were camping. Like it's got a bed and it's got like a gas stove and it's got like little things, but it's out in the middle of the woods and you could basically rent it and for like a weekend or a week, whatever, and go camping, but have like an indoor space. Um, But it's in the middle of nowhere. Like there's nobody near you. So I actually did that for one weekend because I was doing some kind of strategic planning um, in my head about life and work and stuff so i wanted to get away i needed to get away so i got away for for kind of a weekend i did like a long weekend and i did there now i wasn't sitting in the dark but i mean it got dark at nighttime this was like in the summer and so unless you light a fire or what have you you're you're in darkness so i did like sit in the dark quite a bit and i didn't have really access to technology or anything um so i did do that for a couple of days but like i was i went swimming <laughs> you know like i was out in the woods <laughs> yeah, like I went on a hike every day, and then, no, I was I went on a hike every day, and I went in the water, and like I and it was only for a couple of days, and I just did it on a whim on my own because a friend was like, "Oh, I know a yurt. I did this before," and got me connected, um, and I like went and I, I did that. So I have technically done something somewhat similar, um, but uh, it was it was enjoyable. Um, I would I would sit in a room for four days with Aaron Rodgers for $4 million, 1 million after taxes, $1 million per day. I would do it for that. And then I would come out with $4 million because $4 million is enough where I could still work. And like, cause I enjoy working and I enjoy my life, but like I have enough money to like not have to worry about things. Yeah. You could just do something that you enjoy doing. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not like a, I'm not so much money that I'm, I feel like I would be corrupted, but it's not so few money that you're going to like burn through that in a couple of years. It's like I, for the rest of my life, I can do something that I really enjoy that I really love doing. And that's what I would defer for, um, for that money. Now I can't guarantee we're both coming out of that alive. <laughs> there it is. I can't guarantee that, but I can guarantee that I'll, I'll do it for $4 million. If the offer came for $4 million, I would be joining him at his darkness retreat. Yes. Fair enough. Um, another quarterback uh, that's been in the news is uh, Derek Carr. Oh, this so, is interesting. Yeah. D- do you think he because he's he's not staying in Las Vegas? That's no, there's much, no way. There's no that's way. Pretty no. much set in stone. I think that um, that's pretty much a guarantee. But do you think that they're going to cut him or trade him? Um, if they're smart, they're going to trade him. I think what I think what's going to happen, and this is just a theory. I have nothing to back this up. I think they're going to trade hard and go after Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like I, I think Vegas wants Aaron Rodgers. I think Vegas would be a, a location that would have a lot of appeal to Rodgers. I think at with Dante, like Devonte Adams there. Like, I think, I really think that's what they want to do. And in that case, if they traded for Rodgers, they might just cut car and they're just like, okay, fine. We're going to, we're not going to try really hard, but if they if they go a different route to get another quarterback, then then they might try to trade him. But I I would trade him because you're going to get something back. Even though Carr isn't the best, he's still enough of a name and enough of a quality quarterback. You would get something for him. 
So I would be working really hard to trade him to get some sort of asset because you're probably going to lose a lot of assets trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers, which is what I think they're going to do. Fair enough. I did see he has a visit to uh, the Saints scheduled. Mm -hmm. That makes Um, sense. But now I don't know if that's something like they're looking at pursuing a trade or he's just going to meet with them, kind of expecting that he's going to be released. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I also heard the Jets would be another, because they're also interested in Rodgers. So like the Jets for Carr. Now, I know, I know we didn't see a lot of him, but like, wouldn't you, or would you be more interested in seeing what you have with White? Or do you think that Carr is a big enough of an upgrade that it doesn't matter? Hmm. You know, I I feel like they would probably lean towards Carr because mm-hmm. of just how long they've been without a good quarterback. Uh, yeah. They've kind of swung and missed on a few young guys lately, like Zach Wilson being the most recent example. So I feel like maybe bringing in someone who's established himself, like like you said, like he's not an like a elite quarterback, but he's good and he's good enough um, to kind of just balance out that offense and you don't have to worry about what your quarterback is doing every play. So I, I could see them leaning that way rather than trying to figure things out with Mike White or, or Zach Wilson. Um, and the Saints are kind of in the same position because they were kind of all over the place with quarterbacks too this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to pursue him either. Um, yeah. But one way or the other, yeah, he's he's definitely leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think they're going to – they're yeah, he, he's gone anyway. And I do think Vegas is going to push hard for Rodgers. I'm not saying they'll get him. I'm just saying I think that that's, that's one of the likely destinations for Rodgers. I think there's more than one of teams that are interested in and potential destinations. But yeah, I, I definitely think that regardless, I think cars, uh, cars on, on, on the way out. And uh, so another person in the news for potentially being cut is uh, Keenan Allen from the Chargers. Yeah, that's, that's a bit of a surprise to me. Well, I think it's just because of the, uh, their salary cap position. Yeah. And he's going to be 31 uh, during the next season. He's 30 now. He'll be 31 uh, in the spring. So he's starting to get up there in years. But, I mean, I, th- I think he still has plenty of... I think he still has plenty of seasons left. And he's a, he's a very elite talent, especially at the like in a PPR league. He is great to have for fantasy. So I could see, definitely see other teams picking him up. Um, it's just a bit of a blow for the Chargers offense and for Justin Herbert because he was like a nice safety valve for him, right? And they don't really have anyone like they have Mike Williams, but he's very injury prone and he's more of like a deep threat. He's not the guy that you can go to when you just need to get rid of the ball and you know someone's going to catch it. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of why I'm surprised. Like I just I know and with cap situations it always makes things difficult, but like everything you just described is why I would want to keep him. Um, but I, I think there's no question that another team is going to be really interested in him. Um, he would be a great addition to to an offense that needs that kind of um, quality receiver 
who can step in and make a difference. So, yeah, I think I think it makes sense I, the, for another team to, to go after him. Uh, and he is good for fantasy, so he's going to get drafted again. Like he, He'll be a decent draft choice by someone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I wouldn't... Uh, I would be kind of surprised if maybe he didn't end up going towards cow- the uh, Cowboys if he were to get cut. That would be a good um, spot for him, yeah. Yeah, because him and C.D. Lamb would be a, a pretty good combination. But, I mean... If he gets cut, then pretty much every other team has a shot at taking him, and he might just try to go and win a Super Bowl, right? So, oh, for he sure, might, he might look to try to go to the Chiefs or to like the 49ers or or what have you. Yeah, uh, another Chiefs would be another good choice, just because you know it's a it's a spot where he has a really good chance of going after a Super Bowl. Yeah, that would be very interesting with Patrick Mahomes because, like, right now they don't really he doesn't really have. Like that guy like Tyreek Hill was, right? Yeah, no, not really. So that could be very interesting for Patrick Mahomes and for Keenan Allen's fantasy value next year. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely could be. Like it, it, it kind of fills that void a bit if that ends up happening. And I think for fantasy, that would be points galore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a very... I, I, I could see Keenan Allen going pretty high in the wide receiver position. Oh, just definitely. because of his name value and attached to Patrick Mahomes, that would be mm. very interesting. Now, I don't know what the Chiefs' salary cap is looking like and if it's even feasible. Yeah. But players do, like, if their goal is just to win a Super Bowl, a lot of the times the, they will be willing to take less money to get on that team that they think will give them the best shot, right? Of course, yeah. Um, so I guess it all depends on what his his motivations are. You know, like does he want a big bag of money, or is he going for a ring? Like what what's what's he looking to get out of his probably his last contract in the NFL? Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I uh, I think that that's a really good point. Uh, but speaking of the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, the last article that I read, uh, he's still not considered one hundred percent, but he, he's a expected to be able to do everything that they have like lined up in the game plan. So even though he's not at hundred percent, it doesn't sound like Andy Reid is really worried. Everything that they've got kind of scripted for how they want the game to go. Hmm. Um, Patrick Mahomes should be able to pull it off. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting that uh, both quarterbacks coming into this weekend or at least coming out of, I would, I should say, coming out of the games before, weren't really a hundred percent. So the extra that extra bye week, that for me, having a week between the Super Bowl slows down the momentum, but is obviously very good for injured players because you you that's what you want. Like as a fan, we want to see the best at their best this weekend. Like that's what that's what we want. Um, so you know, you kind of have to sacrifice a little momentum. Uh, to do that. So hopefully, hopefully everyone's at as close to their best as possible. It's just going to make for a better game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of scripted, did you see all of that was going around about like how the NFL scripts games? <laughs> no, I try to stay away from that nonsense, but no, <laughs> oh, it was <laughs> the memes that were generated out of it were hilarious, but basically, um, I don't know. I forget what show, or what podcast it was on, but uh, 
Arian Foster was basically saying that uh, that the NFL gives them a script at the start of the season and like that's what they like practice each week is just like what the script for that week is. <laughs> um, it, it was all very very tongue in cheek. Yeah, um, yeah. But like just the the jokes and everything that came out of it. Yeah. Like um, like th- there was one that really made me laugh. It was Tom Brady, I think, in a courtroom. Like spinning around in a suit and smiling, and like the caption was Tom Brady when he sees Matt Ryan walking in for the Super Bowl (laughs) (laughs) script reading. (laughs) There were some gems out there, so I would after we finish recording, I'd suggest going looking some of them up because they were pretty funny. Do that. That's but uh, yeah, it just it it took over social media, like at least like football related uh, stuff. It was it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Did you hear? just very briefly, did you hear kind of the recent Tom Brady news about him saying that his plan is not to go into um, broadcasting for another full year? No, I didn't hear that, but that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting uh, just because that opens the door to him playing next year. But yeah, he was he was answering questions um, this just this past week. And they, he already has like a massive Fox contract that he signed, but he's not going to, um, he's actually not going to start it uh, until next, at the end of next season. So 2024. So that means he, he he's not going to do it this year. Um, and uh, what's interesting is that what are you going to do then? Because this guy can't stay away from football. So what what's he going to do for this year? I think he's still thinking about playing i really do well like we said what what was the point of coming back for this season and risking your marriage and ultimately ending your marriage if if you weren't gonna play like keep going you know yeah Yeah. so we'll see that that is very interesting yeah um so this weekend coming up we've got the super bowl and then that is it for fresh football game content for this season it's going to be uh, an interesting one. Uh, what do you, do you have any thoughts on, on what this game's going to be? Do you have a Super Bowl pick? Oh, I've got a pick, yeah, and who I think is going to win it. Um, I, I'm, I'm picking that the Eagles are going to win, uh, personally. Uh, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised if it came down to a field goal or even overtime just because of how strong both of these offenses are. I think the Eagles have the edge in terms of defense, though. Mm. Um, and I think they're going to do everything that they can to try and uh, disrupt Patrick Mahomes and really find out exactly how strong that ankle is feeling. Um, and, uh, well, both both teams have, that, have had that week or this week to basically prepare for it, get their bodies right, because Jalen Hurts had the issues leading into the playoffs, right? So they this extra week gave him a chance to be full uh, full full strength. And uh, mm. unfortunately for Mahomes, it was just bad timing in the uh, conference game that he got hurt. Um, so obviously can't be at 100% with that type of injury with only really two weeks in between. No. But... Uh, It'll be interesting to see how he's able to perform. And uh, I I think it's just going to be a great game. I think this is one of those Super Bowls that 
like you're not going to want to you're not going to want to stop watching you know what i mean like you're not going to be running to the bathroom while the play is live you know what i mean yeah it definitely has has that feeling that it's going to be that type of game um i just it's tough because everything you said makes total sense to me and i think i think because of the injury to mahomes they could really take advantage of that um but i just all i've heard all week is people saying the same things and i'm like you're discounting the fact that jalen hurts has done nothing he hasn't won anything patrick mahomes Andy Reid, this is a Super Bowl winning combo. Like I think I think if they get to overtime, the Chiefs are gonna win. If they get into a scenario where it's one that. drive, yeah. close, I give the edge to Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now, if they if if it's not super close, I would be betting on, oh, if if you're gonna tell me the game's not close, then I'd be betting hundred percent that the Eagles are the ones who are ahead by a lot. Because I don't I don't think the Eagles I don't think they will completely collapse, whereas I can see it happen with the Chiefs. Um, but I think if the game's close in the sense that, oh, it's coming down to this drive, I give the edge to Mahomes to get the drive done. But it, again, you're right. With that ankle, like it's really hard. What if it's not 100%? What if you really can't do anything? The Eagles have a great defense. So that, I think, gives them, that really does give them a, a big push. Yeah, you are absolutely right, though. Um, the Chiefs, and especially. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid together, they've been here before. They've they've won it before. Uh, so they've got that experience. And like you talked about uh, at the start of the playoffs, like that does have that does give you that edge. Uh, it takes away a bit of the stress. You've been here. You've done it before. You know what to expect. Um, now, the Eagles have won a Super Bowl in the recent past as well, but not with this team. No, not this team. No. Like, I, I don't even know if. Maybe like some offensive lineman might have been around for that. Uh, I think it's a maybe, complete changeover. Actually, yeah, I, I really don't know. I, I'm not like a an Eagles fan, so like I don't really pay attention to like who's been there since then. So I don't know if any of them have played in it before. Um, and I think it was a different coaching staff at the time too. So this is brand new for, I would assume, the majority, if not all, of the Eagles. So they are going to have that stress and that leads to those, you know, like mental mistakes uh, that if they, if they do keep making them, the chiefs will take full advantage of that. Um, like you can't make mistakes when Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the field watching and waiting. Yeah. I think that's basically exactly my point. Um, I just think we're, everyone isn't giving Mahomes uh, and the chiefs quite enough cre- credit. And I'm more just talking about hearing experts and stuff talk about the game so yeah but it i mean i'm i would say leaning towards the eagles for my pick as well but i think it's going to be very close and i would not be surprised if if the chiefs uh win it and just for fun i'll make my official pick the chiefs oh there we go well one of us will be right so at least we'll have a winner either way exactly i think you won the playoff predictions between the two of us by yes one or two wins yeah yeah definitely um yeah you you and i were wrong in the same spots a few times but then yeah i i had more i think it was by two i think i had two more picks overall um right yeah because you you took the cowboys over the buccaneers yep and then you took the Bengals over the bills yep and those, yeah, those are the two different ones. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Let's see if I can uh, pull off the comeback in the final one, I guess. 
It's the big um, one. I mean, this is, is the big this one. Is the Super Bowl. I mean, this is uh, worth all the marbles, really. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I don't, do you ever get like amped up like right before it's about to start? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Every every year. It doesn't even matter. Like I I've had such different experiences with with Super Bowl where I've watched it with a big group of people. I've watched it with a small group of people. I've watched it alone. I've been horrifically sick. And watched it in bed and I get as excited every time. Like I get really amped up just before it starts. And I've all like championship games, there's nothing better. Um, so Super Bowl, uh, it it gets me really, really amped up. I've enjoyed all the playoff games. Like I've watched pretty much every single playoff game, maybe missed one. Um, so I, I find playoff football and playoff and sports just hugely entertaining so i get super pumped before the super bowl yeah i i don't know i think i think the reason i find it more exciting uh than hockey um and j- just to remind anyone who might be new to the show mike and i are canadian so obviously hockey a very big deal <laughs> in uh, canada but the way the nfl playoffs is set up where you lose once and you're done it just makes every play matter that much more. Whereas in hockey, you know, it's a best of seven. So if you have a bad game, you still have multiple games to really recover from it, right? Um, so yeah. it's not really the end of the world. Yeah, like a game seven in hockey is as exciting. It can be as yeah. exciting when, it's, when yeah. it's an absolute. Now, it doesn't always get that place, but there's nothing better than fighting through a long series, especially if you have a team in there. Like I remember as a kid, especially, but every time like the Leafs, which are my hockey team, are in the playoffs. Every playoff game feels intense, but nothing beats a Game 7. So a Super Bowl is like skipping right to Game 7. Everything's on the line. One big mistake and you're done. And that's that's really fascinating. It makes it so exciting. Did you know, little fun fact, and for our American listeners, you'll find this fun. Did you know that hockey isn't Canada's national sport, like official national sport? I thought it was one of our two. Uh, our official national sport is the cross. And yeah, hockey, I, I thought they were both considered our national sports. Hockey's like an unofficial national sport, but like the official one. I don't know how you, but you know how every country has an official animal and an official list or whatever? Long, yeah. long time ago, the cross was what was picked. <laughs> well, that, that's because the the Native Americans who were like indigenous here, they, they created it and played it. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That that's essentially the reason I just thought it was funny that no one, cause I thought, I thought the same thing you did. I thought it was updated to include hockey eventually, but not officially, yeah. like unofficially yeah. hockey's in there, but like, it's like, it's like our official animal is, is the beaver, but like you could name four or five that are like yeah. unofficial animals and like the, the moose, <laughs> and like all these other things. But it's just, I just always find it funny that they haven't, updated it because hockey's just so much part of of like the like culture, culture. Here. Yeah. yeah which is wild but i get it like i understand it in terms of like uh when you know you go go back to indigenous people playing lacrosse that was like such a huge game for such a long time so i get why it's it's the official national sport i just like you assume they had two like they added the second one yeah no oh, well there you go a little Canadian education lesson. Yeah, there you go. For our American listeners, that's what we uh, talk about here in Canada. And apparently for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amer- Amer- Americans' official sport, I believe, is still baseball. 
Yeah, that would make sense. I can Even though I think the that. NFL is still like the most popular sport in America by far now, but yeah. I think baseball, baseball is still the American official sport. But hey, our American listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Just write in a fan comment or slash correct. And uh, we invented basketball, so you're welcome. Yeah, we did do that. Yeah, you are welcome indeed. All right, Mike, well, to round out the show, why don't we talk about some uh, fantasy football running backs? Yeah, sounds good. We're going to, uh, I guess, do the same thing we've been doing. We're going to look back some of the best running backs from this year in fantasy. I had quite a few of them. You did, actually. So we'll, we'll be go- going over half-point PPR just to kind of split that difference between the standard and the uh, PPR crowds. And actually, Mike, you your, your Week 17 championship lineup had three of the top 10 sure did. fantasy running backs in it. Yeah, I uh, from the very beginning, um, I had done a very good job in drafting. I drafted two of them, by the way. Only you one did. I got in yep. trade. Two of them I drafted myself. And I did a pretty good job considering I had the last draft in our first round. And I don't think I had like a top five pick for like six rounds or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I had such terrible picks this year and uh, ended up finishing second. So pretty good. Yeah, it worked out well for you. Well, you uh, you finished the season. You didn't you didn't draft him, but uh, you finished the season with the number one running back, Austin Eckler. Did not draft him, but no traded for him after bashing him. <laughs> I also yeah, traded you went on for a him. tear about him. Yeah, <laughs> um, he was actually on both of our teams uh, at one point this season. Yeah, actually, Austin Eckler was on four different teams. Yeah. <laughs> this year and, I, and finished number one. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get any respect. <laughs> no. And, and the problem was at the start of the year, they weren't using him. And no. then halfway through, they're like, oh, yeah, right. This is our best player. We should probably take care of that. So ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and he just, and he scored 18 touchdowns. So that helps, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He finished with 319 fantasy points. Um, like I said, 18 touchdowns, 13 of them were on the ground. And uh, he was actually the, uh, in terms of uh, ADP for just for just running backs, um, he was the number three running back overall. So you 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 exceeded where people were drafting him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was actually the number three pick overall in terms of ADP as well. But for for running back exclusively, he he was still yeah. number three as well. So that worked out well for you. It, and that's two years in a row that I traded for Austin Eckler at our trade deadline um, to to help me in the playoffs. Like I, I was planning on drafting Eckler, actually. He was on my list of, of who I was going to try to draft this year, um, but uh, I didn't get him there and, and didn't think I was going to. But he got passed around so much in our league that I thought, well, I'll, I'll throw a trade out there. I'll see if I can get him again second year in a row. And he didn't. He doesn't disappoint. Like once you're exactly right. Once they figured out they, that he's our best player and we got to use him, he became so much more valuable. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we were talking about that before it happened. So at least they eventually figured it out. Yeah, we, we you and I, for a couple of weeks there, could have co-coached the Chargers a little bit better. Yeah, because <laughs> we'd be screaming, "Hey, throw him out there!" Yep, NFL use him. hit us up. Yeah. Blue of Earth. <laughs> Give me a call. <laughs> At number two was uh, 
my first pick uh, of the uh, fantasy football draft, uh, Christian McCaffrey with 313 fantasy points. Bit of a risky pick because of the injury issues um, that he's had, but uh, he, you know, was still a pretty good year at the beginning and it worked out and him getting traded was really good for you. Yeah, I was worried when the trade came just because of how San Francisco has been in the past, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like running back committees and, you know, what was that going to look like? And and we did see still um, when Elijah Mitchell was healthy and active, it did cut into Christian McCaffrey's workload a lot. But the offense was just so good that it didn't really matter because he was still scoring and having big chunk plays. Um, And I'm very glad that I did not have the first overall pick to draft Jonathan Taylor because that would have been season-altering. Yeah, and I mean, you probably would have, right? I 100% would have. Yeah, Yeah. I think anyone would have. I would have too. Yep. He, uh, Jonathan Taylor was my number one. He was the consensus number one Mm -hmm. overall pick. Um, and Christian McCaffrey was typically the number two. Um, and yeah, he was, uh, the overall number two pick. Yeah. So I, uh, I basically got him exactly his draft value or his projection. I'm happy with him. He worked out well for me. Uh, at number three was Josh Jacobs with 301, uh, fantasy points. So now he had a pretty slow starts um i think it was a few weeks before he really started doing anything and then he then at that point he was just kind of up and down um he was either winning you your week or not really doing much um yeah so like he didn't break double digits until uh until the fourth week and then he had three in a row where he his lowest score was 25 and then and a couple of weeks under to double digits again. And then he bounced back up, had that monster game. And then he did nothing for you really in the fantasy playoffs. Hmm. Um, in weeks 15, 16, 17, he had a combined uh, 31 and a half points over three games. So that sucks if you were, if you were hoping on him repeating himself with that 42 point performance but he on overall he was the uh number 50 pick for average draft position so if you took him at his draft position he blew his draft expectations out of the water oh absolutely like that's a big big improvement of expectations like that's that's great yeah that and and we're going to talk about this a lot more um during the offseason and as we approach uh the the draft but you want to look for value like that. You want to get those guys who are going to finish in the top 20, but they cost you like a eighth or seventh round draft pick yeah. because that will make the overall strength of your team so much higher. Yeah. Um, at number four, Derek Henry, 286 points. Yeah. Um, now he only played in 16 games cause they sat him out uh, for for one, because the game was meaningless to Tennessee. So, unfortunately, that was in week 17 and was most people's fantasy championships. So, unfortunately, if you drafted Derrick Henry, he was not around to help you when you needed him the most. But he is still one of the most consistent running backs in all of football just because of how explosive, how big he is, and how the offense literally runs through him. Yeah, he can really... Um, he can really 
be the centerpiece of your fantasy team. So he's still an excellent, you know, despite sitting out a game, he's still an excellent pick, whether it be like he's top, obviously a top five that he's going to get you. And he's pretty consistent at that. So he's a good pick. Absolutely. Um, at number five was Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb finished with 267 points. He was, I believe, the number one quarterback until about the halfway point of the season. I don't remember if it coincided exactly with when Deshaun Watson came back or Mm. if it was a little bit before that. But yeah, it it went downhill with Deshaun Watson at the helm. Oh, yeah. They it just didn't work for them. And, and it was too bad because he was having such an amazing year, Chubb was. Um, but so, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Watson moving forward, but that just this year was just a wash. Yeah, no, it was it was not not good. Maybe, you know, having the full off season that'll fix things. I, I really don't know. Nick Chubb is going to be very interesting to talk about uh, leading up to next year's fantasy football draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually was in around the 17 uh, ADP mark. So, again, that's someone if, if you picked him up then, you got a great return on your value. He finished as the RB5. He was heading into drafts as the RB. 12 in the ADP rankings. Mm. So um, if you got him in the second round and you took another elite player in the first, then you had a pretty solid uh, running back core. Oh, definitely. Uh, Number six was Saquon Barkley, 255 fantasy points to finish the year. That's my Uh, guy. That's your guy. Yep. Now Saquon Barkley too. He was pretty close with uh, Chubb. He was, uh, in around the 16 mark for ADP, RB11 heading into uh, drafts in terms of rankings. So again, you got him either at the end of the first round, start of the second round, most likely, mm-hmm. and he finished just outside of the top five. So that's absolutely what you expect from a pick that early. You're probably pretty happy with him most of the season. And another, kind of like McCafferty, another risk because he has had injury-plagued seasons. He has had not has been on 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 a great team, um, but this was definitely a, a shift. Like the Giants had such a great year. He was such a core piece of that. Uh, it really just worked out. Oh, absolutely. Um, at number seven, coming in hot towards the end of the season was Tony Pollard. Yeah. So he finished with... 229 fantasy points that is going to be a very interesting situation next year because um as everyone's aware tony pollard had uh, got injured in the playoffs needed surgery his recovery time is not guaranteed that he's going to be ready for the start of next season i believe um ezekiel elliott you know he's going to want money tony pollard i believe is contract is up if i'm not mistaken hmm. um so he could leave too but you know our team's gonna take him on the chance that this injury uh could affect him next season um i do believe that uh, the cowboys are expecting to franchise tag him so that'll delay it for one year and kind of just kick the can down the road um 
Actually, sorry, I'm just seeing an article here that he is expected to be at full strength before training camp. So, Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah, so maybe he will be full tilt for next season. Um, either way, though, that's something to consider. You know, what are the impacts going to be on his mobility moving forward, right? Yeah. Um, but if he's on the franchise tag, then I guess the Cowboys will have one more year to see see what he what he looks like, you know, can he repeat this year? Is this going to be our guy moving forward and we can let Zeke go or where are we going to go? But Tony Pollard, his ADP was around the 87th overall pick. Um, RB 34 in ADP rankings. So if you took him late, he probably helped you win a fantasy championship, really. Yeah, um, it, 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 if not, certainly such, helped you get to the playoffs. Oh, definitely, and such a a great year for him that it just unexpectedly. So you probably probably people did pick him, and obviously his average pick was, was quite a bit lower. So that's that's really good return. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, he too was not, like Derek Henry was not available for the actual championship game. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you had other options around, but. Uh, he definitely helped get you into the playoffs if you were willing to start him each week, which would have taken some guts. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I would have. Um, but if you did, good on you. Yeah. Um, at number eight was Jamal Williams, finished with 219 fantasy points. Mm. Um, probably not what you wanted to hear if uh, you were a DeAndre Swift manager. <clears throat> but... Uh, Unfortunately, that's just the name of the game when you have two very good running backs. And now, if you drafted Jamal Williams, average ADP was the 179th pick, RB57. So that is what we're talking about with value. This is a guy at the end of your draft. You probably you could have picked him up as a free agent after the draft, more than likely. So he cost you nothing in terms of your draft picks. And he finished in the top 10. Yeah. Like that is a great, great pick. Um, at number nine, we had Aaron Jones. He finished with 219 points as well. Bit of a weird season for Aaron Jones you know, with A.J. Dillon. You know, like they were kind of going back and forth uh, for a little bit. One one week, it's Aaron Jones. The next week, it's uh, A.J. Dillon kind of all over the place. Um, unfortunately, Aaron Jones... He was going with the 16th overall pick for most times. He was the RB10. I mean, if you drafted him there, you you got a top 10 running back. You got what mm. you paid for in the draft. Mm. But it was a week, a weekly, you know, like, what am I getting here? What, yeah. what Aaron Jones am I getting this week, you know? Like, yeah, he was complete just complete roll of the die each week. Yeah, he was just as likely to get you less than seven points as he was to get you over 20. Hmm. Like that's not a comfortable feeling. And uh, that's the difference between sometimes making it into the playoffs or like moving on through the playoffs. Cause if you just happen to start him on that off week, your season's done. Absolutely. You know, yeah. cause he's, he's probably one of the better running backs that you have available to you, unless you had like somebody you picked up as a free agent who had a really good matchup that week. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you were probably counting on him being kind of a core running back for yourself. And it was so inconsistent that it just didn't work. Exactly. And at number 10, we had Dalvin cook finished with 218 yeah. fantasy points. Uh, you had him as well there, Mike. I did. Yeah. Um, now he, 
was going in the first round typically as well. Uh, six, six, uh, six, seventh overall pick, RB5 heading into the draft. You didn't quite get that value with him, but you still got a top 10 running back. So at the end of the day, you're still ultimately happy with him. Um, I do believe his contract is up and he could potentially be moving on from Minnesota as well. So that'll be interesting to see if they keep him or if he goes to try to get a bag of money somewhere else. Yeah, you never know. The bag of money is usually available. That's the thing. Some team will pay for the name, for the big player, give them the big contract. So he could be on his way out. Yeah, he he absolutely could. Now, he is going to be 28 by the start of the next season. So he is getting up there in terms of age for running backs. So that does play into other teams' uh I guess, calculations for how much they want to spend and what kind of contract they want to give them. So oh, definitely, we'll see over the offseason, I guess, how it kind of pans out. Um, now, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I, I do believe that we will come back and talk about uh, some more running backs just because um, those guys who finished in the middle, uh, they too played a big role for your uh, fantasy football team, and a lot of them were great draft value picks. Uh, so that's always something that you want to focus on. Uh, you know, who were the late round picks who performed well last year and where are they going in this year's draft? So we'll probably talk about running backs a little bit more um, in a future episode. But uh, sense, yeah. for now, that is it. So like Mike said, you can reach us on the Conquer Draft website. You can also get us at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through Conquer Draft. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. Take care.